Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Okay. Today, we are continuing with our series called Transformation. Uh, This is a third message, and today's message is called Be Transformed Mentally. Now, before we go into that, uh, let's just review a little bit. Now, transformation is very important to us. Matter of fact, it's what I believe that God has us to do this coming year, this year, 2016, the rest of it, and 2017. He doesn't want us to wait till we start making New Year's resolutions in January. He wants us to start now because it's very important. This is life-changing, this series is life-changing, because as you change to be more like Jesus, then people see that, and people get changed also because they give their lives to Jesus Christ. God has an opportunity to use us. Without being changed, we said that there will be very little effect that you're going to have on the unsaved. Now, we gave you an assignment. We said that we wanted you to read to meditate on and memorize Romans 12:2, And I know that if I call on any of you that's not a guest, you know Romans 12:2. Now, am I correct on that? Okay. Now, I won't call on you, of course, uh, because we don't believe in embarrassing anybody, uh, because even though you might know it when you get up here, of course, sometimes we forget things. So... Uh, it's very important for us to do that. You remember this guest speaker we had called, he, his name was A.J. Katusi. Uh, he, um, he, he said that, you know, Sunday service is like a huddle on the offensive. Uh, if you think of a football team, it's like a huddle. And when you leave here, you're supposed to then go out and carry out the play that, was, that God had given that, that particular in that huddle. Well, uh, he said that it's very important not to get in the huddle Quarterback called a play, or the coach called a play, and then the team run to the sideline and sit on the bench. There will be no victory. It's the same thing if we give you information and God says, okay, this is what I want you to do, and then we go out and do nothing, then, of course, we know that there will be no victory. Uh, We wouldn't be following the Holy Spirit. So memorizing that verse is very important because that's what we are going to be concentrating on for the, uh, for the year. For the rest of 2016, all of 2017, we're going to be going there. Now, it's very important to remember last week's message is if you don't have any salvation, there is no transformation. <laughs> because we know that last week's message was be transformed spiritually. Be transformed spiritually. Without that spiritual transformation, there is no butterfly. No butterfly. That caterpillar, he can, he, he can you know, uh, be uh, created or whatever, and, and you see him crawling across the street, and you see him all different places. Uh, I tell you, they're trying to find a place so they can uh, get in position for that transformation. And I don't want to be run over by a truck. 
but you know, by a car, by a bicycle. You know, you see a lot of squished uh, caterpillars in 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 the, in the springtime too. Uh, I want to be I want to be in position to be transformed. That's what I want to be. I don't want to stay the way I am. I want to be like God called me to be. Transformation doesn't doesn't stop when you are born again. Transformation now starts beginning. Salvation gives you the opportunity now to become what God wants you to become. So I'm excited about what God is doing in, in my life. I know that uh, he said, except a man be born, born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. I know that. And so that's the, that's, that's the goal that I want to do. I want to be in a position to be used however God wants me to be used, the gifts of the Spirit, whatever he wants me to do, because I want people saved, because God saved my soul. And I can't, I can't save anybody. I can be used by God for him to draw people, because we know that the Scripture says that no one can come to Jesus unless they're drawn by the Father. So we know that we can be used. Now let's go to, to today's message. Today's message is so important. It is so important. I can't, I can't express how important being spiritually, um, being, being, being spiritually transformed mentally because it's a spiritual thing. It's just like being from, going from a, a caterpillar to a butterfly is a spiritual thing, meaning it's a, it's, a, it's a divine thing. It's a God thing that makes it spiritual. It's not a man-made thing. I don't think we can do that. Uh, man can do that. Let's open our Bibles to First Thessalonians, and let's go to the fifth chapter, twenty-third verse. Let's go there. It says, "Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you." Now, when we get transformed, as we're being transformed. That another word for that is sanctification. Sanctification. And sanctification is not going to stop as long as we're on this earth in this body. Transformation is not going to stop as long as we're on earth in this body. We're going to be transformed and transformed and transformed because there are areas of our life that, that, that God wants changed. And we said that transformation, another word for trans- transformation is trans- transfiguration. Like, the, like Jesus was on a, on a mountain of transfiguration. Another word for translation is changed. 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 God wants to change us every day. He wants a process of change going on. And I want to be changed. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, 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 not just part of us, not just, not just in, in our spirit. But he says, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Faith is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Praise God. He tells me that I need to be changed, sanctified in my soul. Let's concentrate on that today. In my soul. Now, when we speak of soul, uh, many theologians say, uh, here's a way to remember, the soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your soul. Now, also, we can say that our heart, another way we can say that is our heart is the same thing. Our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, our desires. We can say our mind, when we think of our mind, we think of also our desires, our affections, our passions, our, you know, our intellect. We think of uh, our will. So those words I will be using trans, you know, in, in just uh, one, I might use one this time, might use another one this time, uh, interchangeably, soul, mind, heart. God has said that it's not what goes into the mouth that, that, that uh, defiles a man, but what comes what? Out of the mouth. But what comes out of the mouth comes from where? The heart. The heart. It comes from the heart. So we, we know that our mind is the battleground for the enemy. It's the battleground. If you don't protect your mind, meaning your, your will, your emotions, your passions, your affections, your intellect, if you, don't, if you don't protect it, the enemy can cause us to fall because the battleground is in the mind. Think about it when the, when the, the first sin. Uh, what, did, what did Satan try to do with Eve? Mess with her what? Mind. Not her body, but her mind. Because he, 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 he would say, have God said that you can't eat from any tree? So that's a, that's a mind game he's playing. When, when Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, what did the enemy do? What did he say to him? Well, you know, why don't you, you I know you're hungry, why don't you turn these stones into what? Bread. It's a mind thing. But Jesus knew what we're going to be talking about some today. He knew the word of God, didn't he? And how do you defeat the enemy with your mind? How do you do that? You got to use the word of God in the right context because Satan will use the word of God. If not, God said that you can throw yourself down and the angels will bear you up on their wings. Yeah, but, you know, God, that wasn't the context. That wasn't the context. No, we don't. We don't tempt God, right? So we have to know that. Let's go a little further. Romans 12, 
2. You have it memorized, so you don't have to turn to it, but just for, <laughs> just for our guests' sake, let's turn to Romans 12, 2. Now, it says, and do not be conformed to the world. Another version would say, do not let the world press you into its mold. Don't let the world press you into its mold. In other words, don't let the world fashion you according to its beliefs because the world's system is put out here and maintained by the prince of this, uh, of this world, which is Satan. Satan. God allows him to do that. But believe me, anything that the world do, is doing, if it doesn't match up with his Bible, it's not of God. I don't care how good it is. It's not of God. So he says, do not be conformed. Don't, don't be pressed into its mold. Don't be pressured by the people, by people at your job. Don't be pressured by your friends, by your relatives, by your neighbors, by your close, intimate family. No matter whether it's your mother, father, sister, brother, doesn't matter who they are, don't allow them to press you into its mold, the world system. Mode. It says, but, here's the opposite, be transformed, be metamorphosized like the, the caterpillar, get in your cocoon and let God do his spiritual work in you. That's what it's saying. I want you to be transformed, not transformed one time, but I want you transformed in every area of your life that I bring to you. And you remember I told you uh, that I had many areas that I know God wants to work on. I just told you one of them. You remember that? Those of you who were here, the guests don't, 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 don't know because they weren't here, uh, but I have many areas. And I know that you have maybe one or two areas, but I have many areas that I know God wants to transform, but I know he's not going to do all of them at the same time. I know that. Be transformed. How do I be transformed? How am I going to be transformed, God? What's this, what's this process in the cocoon, what's this metamorphosis process here? How am I going to be transformed? I want to participate with the Holy Spirit. How am I going to be transformed? Don't you want to know how you're going to be transformed? Because if you don't know how you're going to be transformed, then how do you know when you're being transformed? When the Holy Spirit is trying to transform you, how do you know that if you don't have any clue what God wants? He says, bye. Bye. He doesn't leave anything for speculation, does he? He said, I want you to be 
transformed. Don't want you to be conformed. I want you to be not to the world. I want you to be transformed by the, come on, renewing of your mind. That's the title of the message today. Be transformed mentally. That's why the, it's a scripture memorization for not only for the, us in here as adults, but also in children's church. I didn't give you but one assignment three weeks ago, and it's still the same assignment. I want you to meditate on it, read it, memorize it, and then I wanted you to pray and ask God, God, what areas do you want me to you want to transform me and then listen to him was the third thing. Listen to him and see what he says. That's what we want to do. Then it says, so that, so that God has a reason for us to not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing our mind, so that, it says, so that you may prove, you may prove, you may discern, you may distinguish, you may, you know, uh, uh, be able to recognize what the will of God is. So it's telling me, I can't recognize what the will of God is if I'm not being transformed. So sometimes people say, well, God has led me to do this. Oh, has he? Well, you know, it's, it's really not biblical. God doesn't move that way. He doesn't speak in that way. He, he doesn't lead that way. But you say God has led you this way. People really believe that, honestly. Out in sincerity, they believe that. But if they haven't been renewing their mind, they cannot distinguish, they can't discern what the will of God is. Then he tells us that the will of God is good. He says it's acceptable. That does not mean that, well, it's not his best, but he will accept it. It doesn't mean that. It means well-pleasing. He said the will of God is good, is well-pleasing, and matter of fact, it's what? Perfect. Perfect. How am I going to know what the perfect will of God is, what the well-pleasing will of God is, what the good will of God is, if I don't renew my mind? Now, let's talk about a few, just a few ways we can renew our mind today. Just a few. Now, I'm going to try to name five today. I said it's a few. Uh, because there are other ways that I'll give you later on in another message. But this is one way that we can renew our mind. So if you're taking notes on your hand, on your pants, on your <laughs> on paper, or just you have, you know, this, you're just smart. You memorize things. Number one, 
it will not be in a transformation. Believe me. You're going to have to just believe me. There will not be in a transformation if you believe that it's going to be easy. It's not going to be that way. It's not going to be that way. It's really not. I know that I have to have a strong, a strong, a strong desire to get out there to run a 10-miler like they ran on, on Saturday. I didn't have it. I never will have it. <laughs> I'm serious. Are you tracking with me? There will be no transformation in no areas. You remember, I was telling you about the area of me uh, being late, usually five minutes, somewhere in that neighborhood, usually five minutes uh, late when I go places. Well, I know that I said this is going to change this year because God is never late. So, therefore, I need to be on time. Now, I took what, Ms. Dorsey, you taught your sons, be 15 minutes early. So, I had a meeting on, what was it, Friday. I had a meeting on Friday. And, and so, I said, I need to be there 15 minutes early. It is hard, I'm telling you, to change habits. Hard. I got up, uh, I think it was, what time was it that I got up? I don't know what time it was. But it was, it was I think it was about three hours before I had to be there. So what time did that make us be? Around 6.30, 7.30, 8.30, about 6.30. Okay, well... I think I got up before the end, though. But anyway, look like you ought to be able to get somewhere if you got three hours. Is that right? Not if you are used to and in a habit of doing other things. So my mind, I told you something wrong with my mind in that area. So I said, I look up at the clock, I got three hours. Okay, I know I got to do my devotions. So I said, okay, I'm going to do my devotions. So I started doing my devotions. I did that. Okay, now I'm good to go. I know I got to take a shower sometime. I know I, know I got to do all this stuff, get dressed. But I'm going to clean the kitchen up for Minerva. Okay, so I, so I, you know, do the dishes I didn't do the night before, put them in the, in, in the dishwasher, all those type of things. Oh, I know what I do. I'll feed the cat. So I feed the cat, you know. Uh, I need to clean the litter box out. I clean the litter box out. You know, do you hear what I'm saying? Stupid stuff. Really? So I said, well, Minerva, when the last time you, you, you watered the plant that uh, they sent me when I was in the hospital? You're supposed to sprinkle that thing with water every three days, water every ten days. Okay, I'll do that. I'll do that for my wife. She said, I'll do that later. So I did it. 
because I want to bless my wife. You know, isn't it nice to bless your wife? Yeah, I want to bless your wife. Not at the expense of what? Being late. By the time I did all that, I said, whoo, look at the time. <laughs> I got to take a shower, you know. And how you know, sometimes something come up. So, I, so by the time I do all that, to the, and I look at the clock, it's 10 minutes after 9. I'm supposed to be somewhere at 9.30. Do you hear what I'm saying? 9.30, way across town. I said, oh, my God. So I said, I can get there. I can get there on time. I pulled up in the, in the parking lot at exactly 9.30. But you know what? That's late. Because I was supposed to meet the person at 9.30. At 9.30, I was pulling up at 9.30. I'm telling you, it's hard to change habits. You have to have a sustained, that's number one, sustained, strong desire because, after all, how many people are late? Half the world. Right? Why should I be 15 minutes early and stand around waiting for somebody? They might get there five, ten minutes late. Man, I'm standing there looking stupid for 25 minutes or 20 minutes. I'm not going to be doing that. All these thoughts that the enemy, you must say that battle is in the mind. You got to fight against that. So no, 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 no. No. You're going to be before time because what's going to happen is that you're going to get in a habit. Even if you are a little late because of whatever happened, you're going to still be before time. Because you remember, usually five minutes late somewhere. But what am I going to have to do? Change my way of thinking. Right? Stop doing stuff that you don't need to be doing. And you say, well, they are good things. They are not good if God has told you, be before time. Is that correct? Now, yours might be something else. And I have another one, too, sometimes. But, but I'm telling you, the only reason you're not transformed in that area is because you have habits that you have formed that prevents you from being transformed in that area. It's not because God doesn't want you transformed. It's because the enemy doesn't want you transformed. And so he's going to put up obstacles. That's another scripture. Number two, number one was sustain strong desire. Number two, you already need to count the cost. Count the cost. Count the cost. As they used to say when, when about weightlifting and different things, is that there is no gain without what? Pain. Count the cost because it's going to hurt mentally, physically, emotionally. It's going to hurt. To change habits, it will hurt 
sometimes physical because we're going to have maybe one topic is being transformed physically. That hurts, doesn't it? It hurts mentally. I guarantee you some people who were running at Tim Mallow, uh, they were hurting. They were hurting physically, mentally, hurting. So I'm telling you, I was hurting watching them, you know. <laughs> Looking at their face, oh, my God, you know, they're strange anymore. You know? But I'm telling you, you have to count the cost. Some people don't count the cost. Oh, they knew it's gonna be. They know it's gonna be a little hard, you know. But but they really believe that in about a week, two weeks, or a month, it's gonna it's gonna. I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna have it done. I'm gonna have it done. I'm gonna have it done. Why do you think that people lose so much weight? Because they gain the weight back. You know, people die, don't they? They lose weight, then they gain weight. They lose weight, they gain weight. They lose weight. I'm telling you, I've done it. And I'm, I'm doing it now. I'm trying to gain weight. Really, I am. Because I lost weight in the hospital. I lost weight. And so I'm trying to gain weight. I know how to gain weight. I know how to gain weight. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you, losing weight is painful. Gaining weight is not as painful. It's kind of enjoyable. <laughs> kind of enjoyable. Now, sometimes it hurt a little bit when you eat too much. But right now, I, I'm eating, I eat at 10 o'clock at night. I eat at 8 o'clock. I eat snacks. I, eat, I, be, I mean, I eat, 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 eat because I want to do what? Gain weight. But now, if I gain too much, I have also tried to lose weight. And I do know, because as some of you know, there's been with us a long time. If you know, I was a chubby fella from, from, from birth on. Uh, I, I, I was really chubby, 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 chubby. And <laughs> because I ate, ate, ate. Biscuits, six eggs. I mean, I'm, I'm eating. So... Oh, yeah, six. Oh, yeah. That's what my aunt said. How many eggs you want? Six. <laughs> I know how to gain weight. <laughs> but to lose weight is painful. That is hard. That's hard. Because your stomach, and I know, I, know I, I need to stop at a certain time of gaining weight because your stomach gets to a point where it, 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 it secretes uh, kind of juices or something that cause you to say, I'm hungry. And and then it messes with your mind. I can tell myself, confess, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. On the way to the refrigerator. But I'm telling you, <laughs> it's hard. So you got to count the cost. Number one, sustain what? Strong desire. Number two, 
count the cost. There is no gain without pain. There is no transformation without it being hard. I know if I'm going to start being on time, that I know it's, it's, it is hard because I know it's already hard. And, and, and it's all, already messed with my emotions a lot of time because you get mad because if somebody else, when you, when you struggle to get there and you finally get there and they're not there on time. I know it's going to mess with me, but that's not the point. I don't care about them. It has nothing to do with them. It's all about me and God. That's what it's about. And I want all of us, every single last one of us, doing the same thing, being not being conformed to this world, being transformed by the renewing our minds so that we'll know what the will of God is, what we'll prove what the will of God is, that good, acceptable, and, and that perfect will of God is. I want us all doing that in whatever area God points out to you. I don't care what area he points out to you. Just know that there is something that God wants to do in your life. Unless now you are perfect, complete, teleos, the Greek will say, you're teleos, you're complete, and you're ready to be the second Jesus on earth you never seen. And I know nobody like that, isn't it? So everybody has something to work on, don't we? Come on, don't we? We have something to work on. None of us too holy that we don't have something to work on. That's number two. Number three, you have to, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. So you need to, you need to say, God, I'm drawing upon you. I'm calling upon you. I can't do this without you. I can't do nothing apart from you, Lord. Look, God, God, I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm coming boldly to the throne of, throne of grace to receive grace and mercy to help in this time of need. God, I already know if I'm going to be on time. I need you, God. There will be no 15 minutes before time. If you don't do something, God, you got to help me. That goes for any area. Any area. Whether you're trying to stop smoking whether you're trying to stop dipping, whether you're trying to stop whatever you're trying to do, right? You need to, you need to, that's number three. We need to lay it before prayer because you don't have to be saved to change some habits. But there are not going to be any eternal significance with it because only thing that, that, that is going to be in the books is going to be that which glorified God. If it's not done because of God, if it's done because, well, I want to be small because, you know, uh, my wife says that I need to lose this, this, this stomach, so I'm going to lose weight for my wife. Well, good. You got your reward on earth. Your wife can say, whoopee, you got a, you got a two-pack, you know. That's good. That's good. That's good. But in heaven, you're not going to get anything for that. I don't get anything for that. Prayer. Number one, sustain strong desire. Number two, come on, count the cost. No gain without pain. Okay? Number three, live before God. Prayer, 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 prayer. Number four, we need to 
read, meditate, memorize, listen to the Word of God. That's all one thing. Okay? That's number four. Read. Do you hear what I said? Read. Read. It's important. Meditate. Memorize. A word of us here in my heart, I might not sin against you, Lord. Memorize it. Listen to it. And confess it. Jesus did. Jesus did. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He didn't say, well, let me, let me go and get a stroll and find out where it is. I know it's something. I know it's, I, I got to tell you something, Satan. I just don't know where it is. I don't know what it is. No. He has the word in him. How are you going to have the word in you if you don't read it, if you don't meditate on it, you don't memorize it? You can't memorize what you don't meditate on. Listen to it. Confess it. The word of God. That's number four. Now, yeah, I have scriptures, you know, abundant of scriptures. I can go with either one of those I was going to go through uh, on that one. Well, let, let me give you one, one on that one. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. That, that can be a good one for the word of God. Okay. I had two, but let's, let's give you that one. Here it is. The word of God. The word of God, King James says, quick. But that, 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 that old English word means it's alive. It's active. It's active. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the device of, of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, marrow and discerning the thoughts and intent of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. The word of God. It didn't say, you know, this. Not this is not not this is not not this is a bad thing. It's just not the what God has said. This is in dessert. This book that you are reading as your devotional time, as that you like to read, and this book by this Christian that is a good book, you read that more than you read the Bible, but it's not a lie. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not a lie. See, the word of God is the only thing that's going to be forever settled in heaven. The word of God. The word of God changes us. You can't be changed unless you have the word of God in you to cause change. There will be no, uh, what do you call these things, uh, these, these roles, self-rising roles, these roles that, that they are good, man. They're so good. You can taste the yeast and they're good. People make these things at home. Oh, I like roles. Oh, you know, these, these roles. Now, I'm telling you, there will be no self-rising roles without, without yeast. 
that true? But you put yeast in that dough, it's going to cause some what? It's going to cause some rot. Some change is going to take place in that dough. Some change is going to take place. That's how the word of God is. You put that word of God in, we don't see it. We don't even know how, how it happens. Just like salvation. We don't know. And he says that the wind blows this way, blows this way. We don't know how. He was talking to Nicodemus about, uh, uh, you know, about being saved. We talked about that last week. It's the same way about the word. We put this word in, and we don't know what's happening, but it's starting to change us. Because we're not reading it as literature. We're reading this thing as life. That's what we're doing. I have to read. I have to read. I have to meditate on. I have to study the word of God because I know it's the only thing that's going to change me. It's the only thing going to bring life to me. It's the only thing that's going to cause me to be less selfish than I am. Come on. It's going to cause me to be more long-suffering than I am. It's going to cause me to love my wife like Christ loved the church. Right? The only thing that can do it. The only thing. And you know it. You know that. But see, the enemy's job, and if we were in the enemy's camp, they'll be saying, what can we do to keep this one from the word of God? What can we do to keep that one? Because what can keep you won't keep me. What can keep, you see, this person over here won't keep this person. Because everybody has things that attract their attention, right? Oh, he doesn't care what attracts your attention. He don't care if it's a good book. He doesn't care if if it's, you know, Helping your wife do this, do that, do that. He doesn't care if you like adding an addition to your house. He don't care what it is. You say, well, man, you know, uh, I have to take care of my house because God wants my house taken care of. He wants my yard taken care of. He don't care if you spend all your time doing that. But I guarantee you, uh, the enemy doesn't care of that. But God cares if you haven't been in his word. After you've been in his word, you can do whatever you want to do because all that we do is supposed we do as unto the Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? Number one was that we are supposed to realize that we need a sustained, strong desire. Number two, we need to count the cost. There's no gain without pain. Number three, we said we want to lay it before God in prayer because we've got to draw upon the Spirit of God I am not going to be changed under the Spirit of God. I got to put this, what, what, what I'm telling you now is what, you know, the bumper was the last two weeks, is that you got to put that sail up, you got to trim that sail so that the wind of the Holy Spirit can be blowing me in the right direction of being conformed to his image. That's what I got to do. I don't want to use the sails as a, as a pillow, be laying in the boat, and the wind blow, and, and you know, it blows me this way. Then the wind changes, blow me that way. But I'm not going in the direction that God wants me to go. I want to have the sails up. And having the sails up is the word of God is in me. I'm getting the word of God is in me. 
I mean, I'm, I'm getting my mind right. The enemy is not going to mess with my mind. I don't care what he says. You told me to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to set my face like flint. Isn't that what Jesus did? He set his face like flint. He's going to Jerusalem. He knew what the Father wanted. The last one, number five, is that it's from James chapter 1, verse 19, and we're going, we'll go to verse 22, and it says that it's very important now, very important. will be no transformation. You can get in the Word all you want to. The enemy love for you to get in the Word if you're in the Word. And don't do number five. Yeah. Yeah. Because, see, number five says that, be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deluding or deceiving yourself. Yeah. And see, the MSA, say, well, hey, Willie Taylor, he likes the word, so, you know, he, he loves that. We can't stop him from getting in it. Let's see, can we stop him from doing it? What good is it if I know all the word and don't do anything? Well, the Pharisees did that, didn't they? They knew the word of God, didn't they? But they didn't do anything according to the will of God. They didn't do it. So Jesus was hard on them. Doing the word of God causes us to be conformed to the will of God. Yeah. It causes us to work. Because, see, you're you're being obedient. You're practicing doing what the word says. Be swift to hear and slow to speak. And then I go out today and I'm swift to speak and slow to hear. So at prayer and at night, God, help me, Lord. My mouth, Lord, help me. And he said, okay, you confess your sin. I forgive your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, for the cleansing blood of Jesus. The next day, I want to do better, Right? See, it's that practice. It is nobody, baseball, football, basketball, soccer, nobody, nobody who doesn't practice. Is it? Who has a game? All they do is say, oh, I made the team. When, when do we play? Give me the schedule. And, and they, they get a schedule. I show up on game day. Well, you, do you know the plays? No. Who cares? I'm on the team. That would be chaos, wouldn't it? You know, the same way if we get the, you know, the, the book and James says, hey, you know, you can't do that. You've got to be a doer of this word, not a hearer only. You heard the word on Sunday. Are you going to go out and do something? Are you going to memorize Romans 12 too? Yep, okay, I got it memorized. Now let's do it, right? 
Let's do it. Let's do it. Do you, do you know that the, the hardest thing for all of us to do is to have a devotional time where we spend a quiet time with the Lord and get the word in us, meditate on it, pray. Do you know it's hard to do that? I've talked to people who are nine on up to uh, 89, and everybody has the same problem. They are so busy, or their habits have gotten them so conditioned to not being in the Word of God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it's hard for me. So I know it's hard for everybody else. Not that I'm better than anybody else, but but I'm telling you, I've been practicing trying to do this thing for 30-some years. Ever since I came to Cornerstone and got saved, I've been trying to do this thing ever since I heard a message on the priorities of life. And I'm going to tell you, I couldn't do it because in the morning, I'm a morning person, I couldn't do it. I get sleepy. I go to prayer. I go to pray, and I start praying, and I wake up. I say, oh, time has passed. <laughs> right, time has passed. I'm telling you. Now, doing something I like to do, man, my eyes wide open. Wide open. I used to, the man said, well, stand on your bathtub edge and do your devotion. Guarantee you won't fall asleep. Your body doesn't want pain. You fall asleep, you're going to fall, and you're going to be hurt. I've tried everything. I'm telling you. And it, it, it's costly to change habits. Isn't it? Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.